so the Av Malacha we're doing today is the Av Malacha of Geizes, which is shearing. So shearing, shearing means cutting the wool off the back of a sheep or any other animal. We'll dis- yeah, we'll discuss in a second exactly what that means. So it's just interesting to note that there are different um, there are different groups of Malachas, and uh, the groups of Malachas have to do with the different actions that took place in the Mishkan. As we know, the 39 primary malachas are all based on different malachas which uh, were needed for the building of or the maintenance of the Mishkan. So, the there's different sets. So, one set of malachas got to do with the baking of bread. We've discussed it. Within the baking of bread, we've mentioned that there was first planting the, 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 the wheat required and then there was watering it and, 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 and uh, harvesting it and crushing it and sowing it or winnowing it and uh, finally uh, baking it and I missed out a few because there's 10 over there but all those 10 I got to do with the making of bread so there are 10 different malachs associated with the baking of bread and there's another 13 malachs associated with the making of wools and different fabrics which they use in the Mishkan and what was wool in the Mishkan? Curtains Good, curtains and something else? Pendants. Also cover for the Covers for the orange? Okay, well mm-hmm. I, I think the cover, the cover for the whole Mishkan was wool Yeah, that Yeah, the cover <laughs> for the whole Mishkan was made out of wool The <laughs> 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 covers and I jumped the gun The covers for the whole Mishkan was made out of wool The wool, the Mishkan was a Temporary housing which I had to take apart and put up. So the walls were these. What's that? Must have been hot. Maybe that good ventilation. So the wall, they had the clouds over there protecting. The wall was this uh, wooden, right? We discussed these wooden beams held together with these bolts and sockets. And the roof was these different kinds of, <clears throat> well, wools and animal hides put on top of the Mishkan. Is waterproof? The animal hides were, yeah. So. Different various dyed, they were dyed different colors and different strands and different weaves. So the malachas associated with this, I've got to do everything with shearing. So this shearing, and then there's, after you shear the wool, you have to, um, it, it's, it's, it's very dirty because it's coming off the back of an animal. So you have to dunk it in water and let it soak. And that's in Hebrew called the malach of malabin, which comes all the different uh, isurim associated with washing, washing clothes. That comes from another process of the wool. Then after you would wash the wool, you would have to um, comb it because the wool comes off the back in like a hairy bundles. And you have to comb it to make it out into thin fibers of individual fibers of wool. And that's monophates. That's the idea of combing, which now that is one jumps. And then there's the idea of once you have that combed wool, you'd have to dunk it in a pot of dye. That's the idea of dyeing on Shabbos. And then, once you would dye, you would have to take it out and then spin it to make it into thread. And that's the idea of Tevea. And so on and so forth. Tevea? Spinning. What we have nowadays? Like... So some of these aren't so practical nowadays. Yeah, you always find one or two little malachas, but there's not... Okay. Then there's putting it on the... Uh, I don't even know what it's called. This weaves some kinds of craft, like this big wooden... Board. What was that? It's like a board that they like stretch it on. Mm, no, it's like a weaving. It's like a weaving. Uh, a you put this like a loom. A loom. That's it. Got a loom. They'll like put the different strings up, 
and they would weave the spindle maybe back and forth across up and down and that's how they would make the weave the warp on the roof exactly the warp and the roof whatever it is and uh, you look in the old museums war museums they have these things and there was all different malachas associated with that and then there was tying because the strings would break and untying and then there was ripping and mending anyway all different there are 13 malachas 13 out of 39 is quite a high percentage that's a third yeah Thirteen, twenty-six, thirty-nine. Am I wrong? No, good. It's a third. Cool. <laughs> so thirteen out of thirty-nine of the malachas of Shabbos are associated with the making of these woolen covers for the mishkan and these curtains that were there. So the very first one of them is the goizes, which is shearing, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Any questions? I'm still very much having a word in English. I never heard. Do you know what it is? Do you understand what it is, though? Sure. When you have a sheep and it's very wooly, there's a lot of hair on it. Okay. So you have a machine and you go. Ah, okay, okay, I know what you mean. Okay. People do it to their hair. Some people yeah, do it to their yeah. beards. Shave. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Okay. Shave. Shave. <laughs> <laughs> like men. <laughs> men. Right. Okay. Okay, that's that's the idea, right? I should really ask question I just thought of. Is it got to do with this or random random? Sort of. It does it does kind of okay. basically reading. Reading we read like to build the Mishkan you had to have read, right? Yeah, to have read? Like been reading instructions or reading uh, I don't know if they had instruction manuals really. So we didn't have to read or anything on Shabbos? Oh. Really um, yeah, that. There's a prohibition of reading non Shabbastika things, but that's a rabbinical prohibition which was made later on by the prophets. We've discussed that in the past. That comes yeah. after the title of the Dabr Davar, that you should only speak about things which are Shabbastika. Sorry, I just thought about reading. I was like, well, then what can we do on Shabbos? We can read. It would be clear, like an Ikea Mishka so instruction really manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they had these things. <laughs> It'd be cool if nowadays maybe they'll make it. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so problem is it doesn't last for forty they robots, years. Like the that what? That robots, right? AI. That'll be the only thing you couldn't can't do. Just press the button. Press the button exactly. And then, or program. Anyway, so the uh, the goise was obviously necessary because in order to get the wool to make these curtains, they had to shear the sheep, or whichever animals it were, to get the wool. There was also goats and this tachash animal which we're not sure what it is which is only around for then but that to get the wool and the hides and stuff off the backs so that is the basis for the malacha of shearing obviously that's the av malacha the tulda which is the like offshoots of that malacha not quite we'll get the the tuldas of that malacha are going to get quite varied and even though we're not farmers shearing sheep but we are going to have some very practical applications of this malacha of shearing sheep okay yes let's try and understand this they, during the time that they were building the Mishkan, mm-hmm. they did these things and they didn't do them on Shabbos. Correct. Like they kept Shabbos. Correct. So that's where we get the concepts of the things that we can't do on Shabbos because they stopped doing those things on Shabbos. Like in a very uh, nebulatic, if that's a word, way, yes. Like in a very uh, basic way. Understanding yes. of it. Yeah. Can you try to explain it very complicatedly? In other words, really, 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 
it's 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 limudim in Torah Shabbat Torah Shabbat learns out all these different limudim, how we know from the Mishkan, which malachas involved in the Mishkan. There's different arguments exactly about which one it is, how exactly it was done, um, and why dafkadis are not necessarily others. So, in a very like a wholesome way, you could say, yeah, the general acts that were done in performance of the Mishkan, and we commanded to rest for building of the Mishkan on Shabbos. Therefore, you're prohibited to do these different things on Shabbos. That's not an incorrect statement. Like it comes from two phrases. The first is that, from my understanding, I don't remember exactly the source. I just remember that there are two phrases. Like the one says that you should rest on Shabbos. Okay, mm-hmm. so we get that. And then there's another phrase. I don't no idea where it is, but it's like working. The he like Hashem alludes to working as being making the Mishkan. Mishkan right. And so that's where, even though they're not in the same like paragraph or even in the same chapter, we right. see we like okay, well, so what does it mean to rest? A few times after mentioning the different projects associated with the Mishkan, the Pasuk says you should guard my Shabbos. So the Rabbis say the fact that juxtaposes the two malacha, the two mitzvahs together shows us that even though building Mishkan is such a wholly important thing, it does not break the Shabbos. So things that were done with the Mishkan cannot be done on Shabbos. So what was associated with the Mishkan though were these 39 primary acts. Can I ask you a very easy question? What, was, what is the link between Everything that was done in the Mishkan cannot be done in Shabbat. What is the link? Yeah, because... Why isn't the contrary, for example? Everything what? that we've done for the Betamidash, for the Betamidash, do it for Shabbat. What, you ask what's the contrary? No. I didn't, I didn't get the what question. What's the link? Yeah, Oh, because the, we just said the Torah a few times, after talking about the building of the Mishkan, says you should guard the Shabbos. And the rabbis say that even though the building of the Mishkan was very holy, it did not desecrate the Shabbos. You cannot desecrate the Shabbos by building the Mishkan, even though it's a very big mitzvah to build the Mishkan. So we see the different things associated with building of the Mishkan are considered to be desecration of the Shabbos. So the rabbis learned out how they know it's the Gemara discusses, that there were 39 primary malachas, forbidden acts, done with the building of the Mishkan. And those are the 39 obvious primary acts which are forbidden to do on Shabbos. Now, each primary act has many uh, offshoots from that act. Which is but there wouldn't be a malacha which wasn't done on the Mishkan? Like, how do we know that this is, like, the exhaustive list? Good, 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 good question. Like, we were just asking, maybe reading is one, maybe something. That, that's part of Teresh Vapir was learning out 39 and these 39. Good, that's part of what the Gemara has fun doing. But money is associated with a different set. It's not associated with... No, money was a rabbinical, uh, rabbinical uh, decree. It's like actually working. It's like you're working. Uh, money, ma- money is, is muksa, which is rabbinical. Mm-hmm. But also making business transactions, we learned uh, three weeks ago, is because of... Yeah. Someone? It'll bring you to, to making write. a contract. Well, to write, exactly, to write. We need to write. <laughs> that, was one of the other, that was one of the reasons. The other reason that was... Oh, yeah. so it's, a, it's, a, it's a rabbinical decree. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so Goizis in the Mishkan, they needed the wool for the curtains. In Hebrew, that's called the Uriyos. And um, that, 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 that's, the, that's, the, that's the original act of it. Now, how would we define Goizis for nowadays? So the definition would be the severing or uprooting of any growing part of the body of any creature, even if it's not alive. 
I'll say that again. The severing or uprooting of any growing part of the body of any creature, even if not alive. The difference in severing and uprooting is severing means cutting it, uprooting means taking it out from its source. Now, you can cut hair or you can uproot the hair. Right? So either one of these actions, the severing or uprooting of any growing part of the body of any creature, even if not alive. So either of these actions, cutting of hair or the plucking out of hair and pulling out by the roots of the hair is under the definition of goizes. It doesn't have to be hair. It's any growing part of the body that includes skin and nails and uh, pimples or anything of any creature. That means humans and animals alike. Even if not alive, that means even if the animal is dead. Okay? That would be a pretty good definition of goizes. Not like a plant. Not a plant. That's a whole different malacha of koitzer. No, but like you could say, if, let's say the plant isn't alive, like it's already uprooted, but like tearing it apart. Yeah. Good. You, you, without this definition, maybe I would say, but it's like a creature or something which is alive. Right. And you're allowed to shred lettuce leaves, right? We do it every Shabbos. <laughs> what? Right. But you can't just like tear yeah. a normal leaf. A leaf of a tree, you cannot, but that's koitsu. That's uh, harvesting the whole different malacha. But if you find a leaf on the floor? Well, that's because it may have fallen off on Shabbos. That's why you can't play with it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting. Also because it smokes it. Fruits which are found on the, under a tree and all that, it may come off on Shabbos, which would be a problem of no lead, which means it's something which isn't accessible for Shabbos. It comes accessible on Shabbos. Is, it's no lead or muksa. There's different makhlukas as to why that would be prohibited. Is it the same when we sometimes we walk, you know, in the street and we found some leaves on a bush or anything and sometimes I play with them during the week. If I cross, I don't know, I take you pluck it from the tree or you just pick from up stuff? From bushes. Is it attached or is it not attached? What do you mean attached? During the it's week you take it off of the tree. Yeah, it's not tree. Bush, whatever. Yeah. So is it growing from the ground? You've plucked it off, yeah. growing from the ground? Yes, that's, you know, that, that's, that's very forbidden because it's like harvesting one of the they used to harvest the different wheat that they needed for the base of migdash or different colors for the dyes from plants and um that's yeah that's very very primitive it's a very automatic a lot of people do when they walk past you know bushes or overhanging leaves they kind of just pull it off you sit on the grass. It's, it's sitting on the grass. It's true. Sitting on the grass. I mean, we do learning classes, and we just stopped doing learning classes on the grass because kids cannot help themselves but <laughs> pulling up grass. <laughs> it's a very interesting. Maybe not just kids. It's a very interesting. Thing. <laughs> so, and uh, I, so sorry. I have another question on mm-hmm. if on a garden you can find very dry grass, mm-hmm. can you pick them from one place to another? It's one? muksa. It's muksa. So you're not allowed to. But it's a different prohibition. Because that's why like, <coughs> what is muksa? No, why is it muksa? Because it's not a utensil or of anything which has any purpose and it wasn't designated for a set purpose on Shabbos. And if it's to feed animals? Oh, that's no question. If it's like hay or animal fodder, then it's, then it's a separate question. Yeah, good. It, it, the answer is it depends if there's animals which are around which should use that kind of an animal, which means it was prepared for before Shabbos. That's a bit of a long sentence, but yeah. yeah. So now I don't know if I can feed my animals or... Do you have an animal? What do you have? It's look, it's look like chinchilla. I don't know what that is. It's, it's I don't like to say it. A gerbil? It's, like yeah. a rat? Yeah. Like a rat. Mm-hmm. A nice rat. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. Very <laughs> and what do you feed it? 
Uh, they can eat actually dry grasses. Oh yeah? With, you know, very small seed. So maybe just you have a pack of dry grass in the house somewhere? No, I have a very small piece of garden and now because it's very hot, some of them are naturally dry. Uh-huh. So just do it before Shabbos. Get the get it before Shabbos. Okay. Can you make so a little pile and designate that for Shabbos? It's a question. How let's discuss after class if we okay. how you want to make it good for animal food. No, but if it's not made good for animal food, then it's muksa on Shabbos. Okay. Yeah. Good. Let's go. Um. So I'll just. There's an interesting. Um, okay. So obviously, let's just. I'm going to jump forward and then go back. The, the obvious, you know, practical application of this nowadays would be cutting one's hair, okay? So cutting one's hair is the severing or uprooting of a growing part of your body, and therefore it would be forbidden to cut one's hair based on this malach of gozis. Now, this is just an interesting idea, so it's not practical halacha, but I think it's a nice idea to hear anyway. The... Basic idea of malacha is that you're doing something that you want to do. I've achieved something, it's called a malacha tzrichal gufa. You, you did the malacha for the actual thing that you're doing. And the, the opposite of that is a malacha she'ena tzrichal gufa, that I did something that I have no intention of using what I did. So I'll just bring an example in our case. When they sheared the sheep in the Mishkan, it's because they wanted the wool off the sheep's back. So you did a malacha, shearing, for the actual hair. But when you're cutting your hair, unless you plan on making a shaitzel out of your hair, you don't want your hair, you just want to have shorter hair. So you're doing malacha, which isn't necessarily for the malacha, you're not doing it for the malacha itself. Which begs the question, why are you chayev? Why are you, why is it prohibited? Or liable if you cut your hair on Shabbos if you don't want the actual hair that you're cutting I'll just say the, I'll say the question again in the Mishkan they wanted the hair that they're cutting because then they took that wool that hair and they processed it and they used it for the curtains however when I cut my hair when I cut my nails I don't want the nails I don't want the hair I just want them off my body so it shouldn't be as strict it shouldn't be as severe I shouldn't be liable for cutting my hair or my nails off my body because I'm doing a malacha, but not for the outcome of the malacha itself. I'm doing it to get rid of it. So in the laws of Shabbos, it has a whole different status. It turns it into a derabana. Definitely not a chi of So this is a question which is asked. The Mepharshim asks this question. They deal with this question. They say, the whole malacha of Gezeis, nowadays, unless you're trying to make a shaitl, or you want to have a collection of your nails, or something to that effect, is a malacha which isn't for the malacha itself. I'm cutting hair, not for the hair. I'm cutting hair in order that it should be off me. Unlike in the Mishkan, where I cut the hair in order to get the wool, and to be able to make the curtains. It's a question which is asked. So if it's not for the same purpose, to actually use it for curtains or everything, why are we not allowed? That's a question. That is my question. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Yay. I'll give you an example. Like, uh... okay. At the that. end, it is considered a biblical. Say again. Is it in the end of the day? Is it considered a biblical? That's, a, so that, that's going to be a question. It's a debate amongst. So we'll answer as follows. We answer this as a revash, and he answers. He says an interesting answer. He says in the Mishkan, 
on top of kneading wool, they also needed different hides to be cleansed of their hair. Different animal hides and skins to be cleansed of their hair. Oh, like cow leather. Like cow leather, right. Not cow leather, this takash skin, which was some kind of a colorful skin of an animal. They needed to take the hair off that. Oh, takash is a unicorn, right? Um, uh, Potentially. They don't know what it is. Some, I don't think it's a unicorn. The descriptions that we have aren't of the unicorn, but it's some animal that doesn't exist nowadays that existed purely for the purpose of its skin for the Mishkan. What does it look like? We don't know what it no, is. No, the skin. Apparently, it's very colorful. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that if, if I'm not getting confused between that and another thing, that apparently is Yeah, why people would translate it as a unicorn? Well, it just said it had one horn. It had one horn? Like, I'm saying, like, if it's described as having one horn, you know, it technically be <laughs> a, a unicorn. unicorn. <laughs> oh, wow. I guess the yeah. rhinoceros is also a unicorn. Rhinoceros no? <laughs> have one or two. Two. Rhinoceros have yeah. two? Mm. But that, oh, there's a fish one that way on. Wait, it depends. I think I one has these two, two types of rhinoceros. Yeah. Yeah. What? Anyway, so let's go. So, so the answer is because also in the Mishkan, they cut off hair for the purpose of getting rid of the hair, not just for the hair itself. So therefore, even when we just cut off hair or cut off nails for the purpose of getting rid of it, it's also malach which was done like that in the Mishkan. So since it's a malach that was done like that in the Mishkan, therefore we are also liable and it will be a biblical, biblically prohibited. Yeah, is it, was that understood-ish? So if you're cutting off hair to make a shaitol... Or you're cutting off wool from a sheep to use the wool, then for sure everybody agrees that it's going to be. This is this is, this is the prime example of shearing the wool. But what happens if you're cutting off your hair because you want to have short hair, or if you're cutting off your nails because you don't have long nails? So we hear there's an argument: is it biblical or not biblical? And the Rivash says, yeah, it's biblical because also in the Mishkan they wanted to cut off hair for the purpose of cutting off hair because they wanted to have a clean hide. an interesting insight into the workings of malachas. Okay. Um, again, like most malachas, a malacha is only liable to do. It, you're only liable if you do it if it's performed in the regular way. If it's performed in an awkward or backwards way, it's still prohibited to do, but generally it will be biblical, uh, rabbinically prohibited to do. Okay? We have that all over. Yeah. Can I jump back for a second? Sure. If there was no situation in the Mishkan where they wanted to just get rid of it, what would the verdicts? So it would be machlekes if we say melacha she'ein sroch halagofa is chayev or not. Okay. It's machlekes or shayev. And we pass that it's not chayev, which leads to the question why he chayev in here, which is why we forced this answer that there was a thing the in the Mishkan. Interesting. Wait, so would you say as it's machlekes? It's contrary to the Rivash to feed the Ram, but there's other ways of learning it. Yeah. Cutting your hair. With your left hand or something. No, so left hand, right hand. Good, 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 good question. Left hand, right hand is a discussion. If I do anything with my left hand, and if I'm right, or vice versa, if I'm a lefty, is that considered to be awkward or not? So the general consensus, well, the, the, I think it's the uh, the uh, the uh, the I think it is that says very clearly that that's not considered to be awkwardly. You know, instead of turning on the switch with my right hand, I now do my left hand. Ha ha. No, that's like not considered. Like with your left hand. Yeah, awkward. that's not considered to shinui. Is it writing? Well, the whole thing is writing it with your strong hand, and that would be considered to be a shinui. But barring that, just because it's not as comfortable, it's not considered to be a shinui. Okay, that's what he contends. It makes a lot of sense. So sometimes shinui is like the regular thing. You know, you do it with. Uh, Wait, so can you give an example that's like of shinui? Yeah. We have a muksa the whole time. 
there's mooks on the table, you can't pick it off, but you'll be allowed to knock it off. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we're going to see here right now. Shinoi would be, biblically prohibited would be to cut your hair. What about to pluck your hair? Boing. Didn't we say it's also? Didn't we say cut or pluck? <laughs> it's like a cartoon. Right? <laughs> biblically prohibited is to cut, but plucking your hair is painful, and it's not the regular way of cutting your hair. So it would be biblically not prohibited, but it'll be rabbinically prohibited. But we having said that, that, having yeah, it's still awesome. It's forbidden, but there will yeah. be situations where it come out differently. Having said that, there are situations where even plucking your hair will be biblically prohibited. Who can give me such a scenario? When it's the regular way of cutting the hair. Well done. What's the case? Someone's plucking their eyebrows. Yeah. Or they're plucking out white hairs from black hairs. Is that two things? Is that like separating also? Wait a minute. Interesting. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in that case, since the regular way is to pluck a single hair by itself, even though it's a, maybe a little bit painful, so that would be the biblical prohibition of goizes. So this is just I'm trying to enforce this idea that the full liability of the malacha only takes place when it's done in the regular way. Okay. Um... So those that want to say uh, biting dry skin off your lips, uh, your dry skin and something will bite it off. So normally biting parts off your body, so let's say cutting your nails, is biblically prohibited. Picking your nails off or biting your nails, unless that's the regular way, which I don't think it is, is rabbinically prohibited. Biting dry skin off your lips might be biblically prohibited because it's very normal to do that. It might also not be because it might be you have to use a utensil and just your hands are enough. But that's something to ponder. That's something interesting to think about. The point I'm trying to bring out over here is that if you do something awkwardly, it would only be prohibited in a not only prohibited in a rabbinic fashion, which is still just as prohibited. But in cases of great need, which we will discuss, so don't jump to conclusions, which we will discuss, we may be able to override the rabbinical. Oh, not that way. Right. The rabbis themselves said, in such a case, the rabbinical prohibitions do not apply. And we'll get to examples of that. Okay, that's why I'm just bringing out this idea. Yes? If during Shabbat, I take something with my head, and one of my nail, like, you know, one fourth of the corner off, start to break. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to actually remove it? You are not allowed. It will destroy me all Shabbat. I'm not allowed. Be disturbed. On it. <laughs> but it's a good question. Because if the majority of the nail is off. Yeah. Sometimes. You said a little corner. If the majority of the nail is off. Yeah. And it's disturbing you. Then you would be allowed to. As long as you don't use your utensil. As long as you use your hands or you bite it off. But that's like further down. So let's get there soon. Okay. But this is going to be in line with. Okay, that, that would be a good example. It's rabbinical In pain They're going to wave the rabbinical <coughs> When it's the majority of But let's Hold that We're going to get there Okay That would be an example If we're biblical There's no wavering it If it's rabbinical If the majority is We'll get there Let's get there Good question 
<coughs> so let's let's go, let's go back to removing hair. Um, there's another interesting idea that removing hair. There's there's a certain idea called a shear, which means an amount. Yechayev when you do a certain amount, which seems to be significant. I'll give you an example: eating not kosher, right? What happens if a, a molecule of not kosher enters into your mouth? Okay, that's not even considered to be anything. A little, little bit of not kosher you ate. A tiny, tiny little bit. Are you allowed to eat it? No. No. However, are you liable? Which means liable means is there a punishment? Whatever the punishment is for eating it? No. Also no. In order to be liable for punishment, chayiv, it has to be discussed last week, two weeks ago, there has to be a certain significant amount in order to be called, you did something significant. Anytime you do less than a significant amount, it's still prohibited, but it is potter. And that's called potter avalasa. It's potter. You're not liable, but it's still prohibited. It's still on a biblical level. So let's say the amount of eating not kosher is a kazais, which is whatever, an olive, whatever the size of olives were, 28 grams, I think it is. So if you eat half of that, it's also, but you're not liable. If you eat a whole amount, you're not liable. So so to in Shabbos, in order to do, we discussed this, ah, koisif, we discussed writing letters. Writing two letters is the amount, or erasing the space of writing two letters is the amount that's considered to be significant. Writing one letter, you're not allowed to do, but you're not liable. So over here, the amount that they felt shearing was two hairs. That's machlekes. Two hairs is how it goes. So if you shear one hair, it's asur bapatah. Two hairs is chayim. What's the equivalent in like not hairs, like nails? Oh, go nails. They discuss. I saw this discuss nails. They say even one nail is enough to make it asur. It's like the space of... No, because no, even one nail is a significant action. But like half a nail would be not... Half... What do you mean by half a nail? Like you have half a nail, you only peeled off half a nail? Yeah, or half a nail is off and you peel the other half off. So half a nail is off is a whole separate idea, which we'll get back to that, that question over there. If half a nail, you just you only took off half a nail to begin with. Hmm. That's a good question. Is that significant? Good question. But this is all not relevant to halacha nowadays because this is all under the... It's all biblically prohibited. It's only a matter of liable or not. Meaning what? Meaning do you bring a carbon or do you get lashes oh. or do... You're saying the liability or, part. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> nowadays we don't have any of like, this stuff. It's all biblically prohibited. We don't have any of this like, stuff yeah, anymore. $500 for sheep. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, with your life, right? So, um, <laughs> well, that's harder. Yeah. However, just getting back to the, what means if I pluck one hair, since plucking one hair out of your eyebrow would be considered significant, or plucking one white hair out of dark would be considered significant, you'll be liable even on one hair. That's just going back to the idea that that would be considered to be something chashov, something considerate, because you're getting rid of that one hair because it's making you look old. So that one hair. So why is it called sheer if it's not really about a measurement, it's about significance? Or maybe it's like the measure of significance? Because it's the act of shearing. What should I look like? It's the act of shearing. Oh no, I thought you meant... Before I thought you meant the Hebrew word sheer. Like amount. Oh, no, I said... I did say the Hebrew word sheer. You did. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> sheer means amount, measurement in Hebrew. I mentioned the word shi'ur just to say that malachas have oh, a certain okay. shi'ur, okay, to be liable on. 
but even if you don't have this she or, you can still be. Yeah, very good. She is also a class. She could also be a class. She could be a measurement. A song. Good. Good. No, that's a different. That's a different spelling. Right? You say it fast. What do you say fast? You say sheer. Okay, let's continue. Um. What about removing hair in a non-pulling or shaving hair way? How? Such as cream. There are these creams um, which you can smear on yourself and it removes your hair. I forget what it's called. Schmear. What's that? True. Nair. So long as if it's a liquid. Nair, right. Nair is another company. A liquid style. Right, if it's a thick, if it's a thick cream you wouldn't be allowed it. But if it's like a foam or like a, 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 a liquid cream, would you be allowed to do that on yourself? Laser. Uh-huh. Or burning. I mean, laser on Shabbos. Yeah. How does laser work? I don't know how it works. What do they do? So it's electric to some degree, I guess. But uh-huh. I think it's electric in every degree. Yeah, probably using the machine at all would be prohibited at all. Here, the actual, actual yeah, but itself. Yeah, I'm saying let's separate that. Like, let's say someone right. else is doing it. Okay, so that's yeah. a similar question. And is here the actual. Well, you know, I have someone else to do it. Yeah, here, the actual act of pouring liquid on your arm is fine. But the liquid has whatever acid, I don't know what's in it that burns off your hair. So is that also the idea of shearing your hair or not? So it's a question that the Poisim ask, and I brought this up because it was a really cool case that I saw brought down in the Shias and Chubas. You know Shias and Chubas are a sponsor. If you ever bored, I don't know if you can get English, there is English sponsor out there. They're fascinating books to read because it's like questions that happened and were brought up to big rabbis and they discuss all the different, you know, start all the different aspects of this question. And they give you the halachic psak. And there's really fascinating questions. This question was about a certain soldier. And he was in an I didn't say which army he was. It was obviously a very hostile army. And he had to shave every single day. And it was Shabbos. And he, there was not, he had to shave on Shabbos. Shabbos is not one of the three capital uh, mitzvahs that you give up your life on. You're allowed if you want it, but it's only the three. So he, uh, you don't have to. So he wanted to know what's better to use this cream to shave or to get a non Jew to shave for him. Get a non Jew. Why? Because you personally, you don't do anything. It's someone who does something on you. So that's a good point, but. but there's a prohibition of asking a non-Jew to do malacha for you. It's a rabbinic prohibition, but there's a prohibition of asking a non-Jew something for you. Amir lakum. And if you ask to someone, to someone, or ask to someone, to someone... It sounds corny, but there's a, it's a lot better to ask a non-Jew to ask another non-Jew to do something. Mm-hmm. That, if, in case, that is better. It's supposed to, it is better. To ask a non-Jew or ask a Jew? No, no, no. If you ask a Jew... If you ask a non-Jew to ask another non-Jew to do something for you, it's better than asking a non-Jew to do something for you direct. Yeah, it is true. Yeah, yeah. And we will have that in some cases. Is that two prohibitions then? To ask, the, I'm saying to ask the one non-Jew to shave for you? Or you just get the prohibition of asking the non-Jew? It's the prohibition of asking the non-Jew. I'm saying as in you're not violating the prohibition oh. of shaving. Oh, so, so they asked us to a Pesach, or Beir Shavidenfeld, his name was, and he said as follows. He said that the, the act of putting the, the cream on is not considered to be with a kli, with a utensil. He felt that it's only biblical prohibited when using some form of a utensil. 
scissors, a razor, a shaver, whatever it is. Using cream is rabbinical. Asking a non-Jew to do it for you is also rabbinical. The problem of asking a non-Jew to shave for you is that there's going to be another five prohibitions of shaving, right? You're not allowed to shave. And there's five prohibitions of shaving your beard. The reason why you say any uh, religious you shave is because they're shaving not with a razor. They're trimming, really. They're cutting off the beard. Where with the razor, up, up, it's, it's different kinds of a cut. There's a razor cut or a shaver cut. Like an electric shaver is not prohibited. A razor, like a razor blade, like a, straight blade. A, a, yeah, like a straight blade. Like in the is, olden days, they used to like, even just, a, I, don't know the days, even I think just people a, use it. A barber, I don't know, I've seen it in a movie. I think you before. buy but even, but even just like a Gillette razor blade, blade? I don't know. <laughs> like they, it's just a straight blade. Is that what everybody uses? Like a regular yeah. razor? A regular razor that everybody uses. Same. You can use it on all of your body, but people also use yeah. it on your... Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like the lip they use electric razors to go in a circle, it's not ah, straight. Correct. Yeah. That, that, so electric razors are not prohibited at all. Well, no, it's going to get into that debate. According to that opinion, it's not prohibited, it's prohibited for other reasons. But, um, whereas a razor, so the, the guy was going to use a razor. He said, a razor blade, you over, you transgress five different biblical prohibitions because there's five points of the beard where it's biblically permitted to, to shave. Where exactly they are is a discussion, which is why we don't shave any parts of the beard. But it'll look funny to have just five points of the beard coming out either way, <laughs> even if you didn't know where they were. Is that why some people, they have the, no, is that a different question? Why? Pace. I know what you're asking. No, no, pace is separate. It's separate too. Pace is totally separate. Pace is not the beard. Pace is a whole separate thing. What about so, asking the non-Jew to put the cream on? Asking a non-Jew. Oh, is that, that could be even that better. Help? Yeah, that would be a shvus That could be even better. That could be even better. So he preferred the method of putting in the cream because he felt the cream would only be a biblical prohibition, which is an interesting take. Not necessarily is that the case, but that was his. That's why he understood it at least, and therefore the biblical prohibition of shaving, of of, ra- of a razor with a goy was far worse than the rabbinical prohibition of putting the cream on his face and letting the hair come off. It's prohibited, right? This was a case where he had no option. You're saying it was better for him to put the, the cream shave. on than to have the non-Jew shave. So the, the how is it less bad to put to smear them just to cut? Because it's not with a utensil. He felt that if it's not using a proper utensil, it's not considered to be the proper way of shearing. 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 I know, but why is shearing less? It's not smear. It was like a liquid cream, not smear. Yeah. Cream. It wasn't. It was thin enough that it wasn't smearing. A foam. I don't even know what these things are. But used them. <laughs> but the problem with the non-Jew case wasn't just because of Shabbos. Correct. That's why he said, even though they're both. In other words, if would if foam or using the stuff on his face, the cream he felt would be a day riser, then a rice of Shabbos is very big. So, it's so a shaving. I don't know. It would be a different question. But here, either way, this is the Rabbana. And this is the rice of the non-Jewish sh- using a razor, for sure go with the Durabonon of the cream. Okay. That's an interesting story where you would, in other words, here's a classical case where you have, you know, if it's prohibited, it's prohibited. Well, no, in a case like this, it makes a difference to know how is it prohibited. Was it biblical or rabbinical? And is that considered a heter or that's just like... Considered to be bekochnefesh or whatever it was. So whatever this, I don't know, it doesn't say the problem, whatever the situation was. The situation was he had to. Because okay. on the pain of death, I don't know. I'm saying I'm assuming it was on some like you know, like czarist army that he had to, uh, you know, they would shoot you, okay. no questions asked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's.
What's that? It's a nice non-Jew. It's a nice non-Jew, right? You to give him his lunch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay. Wait, so you said it's better to put the cream, to put the cream on than mm-hmm. to have a non-Jew because, because of the act Because putting shaving. the non-cream on is only a, a rabbinical, whereas the act of shaving, having removed the five points of your beard with the razor is biblical. Okay, so, so he would be doing that every day? No, every day he could use a non-razor himself, let's say. Or maybe, I don't know what he did every day. You ask me, what did he do every day? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I can make up, but it doesn't say that in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Maybe he used a non-razor, or he cut it very close, but not close enough, or he a very close scissor cut, or he used cream every day, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we mentioned that the malach of goises also applies to dead animals, because... It's common to shear dead animals, like if you, uh, I think, furs and these kinds of things. They take from dead animals, right? I doubt they take the furs off when animals are alive. That'd be very painful. Yeah, they do. They do. Take when animals are alive? Yeah. So how to get the skin off it? It's a skin. Yeah. Like they rip the skin off the animal when it's alive? Yeah. What? Depends no. on the fur. Snake, mink. For yeah. what? Snake, why would it ha- they literally spin a live animal. Yeah, they, that's why snake is such a big. Mm-hmm. People hate it. Why can't they? Oh, why can't they kill it and take it off? <laughs> I don't know. It's not as like shiny. Yeah. Are you serious? Cool. Yeah. If it comes off alive, it's more shiny. Yeah. Why? Because it's alive, oh. so it's like. You know. So if you kill it one second and rip the skin so off, you can't do it in enough time. Like. That's it. We're signing yeah. off a pedo. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not chatting, I'm not. But, it's an animal yeah. rights organization. Okay, so 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 the removal from the dead animal is the idea that it's uh it's 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 well that's very sad to know that it's a common thing. Yeah. Well it's also done of dead animals, I'm assuming, right? Like mink. Like leather. Like mink is a dead it's a dead yeah, animal. I don't know, people like go hunting too. and they take their like bear skin home. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think leather is all dead. Oh, the animal's dead when they've they taken the shiny. thing off, right? So, so to cutting off from dead animals is also prohibited. Where would this make a difference? We're not really showing from dead animals. Is with uh, if a person has a, a fur coat. They can't pluck any parts of the fur coat out. And even thoroughly brushing down their, their fur coat would be problematic if it's inevitably going to result in some of the furs coming out. Like your shoes also? No, leather what comes out of leather shoes? No, I'm saying if you like uh, were to, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, like brushing them down and like little flakes come off. That happens? I don't know. What's on your leather shoes? Yeah. If a little flakes comes out of the paint, the actual leather itself? Like a, um, like a real suede. Like it's very, like it's, it's like a, Oh, like it's but in that's like not it's like from the actual skin that's dirt that got in there. No, I think like it's right. If you have, if you have a fur thing that pieces will come off, then that would be problematic. Right. Okay. The point is, we're just trying to find the relevant case where you can have even coming off a dead animal. So, if you have, like, I think my grandmother used to have one. I don't know. It was made out of rabbit hair. Um, it's like a jersey, and like if you were to just like brush that like, no. kind of like this light brushing again light brushing down isn't inevitably going to take it fur but out. like sh- let's just say fur does come out like if you literally just go like this so like, is so uh, okay, often it's already loose fur which you're just taking off oh okay that's not a problem like you're allowed to pat your hair or 
put your hair in place with your hands or comb your hand through your hair. You're not allowed to brush your hair strongly. We're going to get into brushing hair in a second, right? Because just patting your hair down doesn't remove any hair. Whereas combing it vigorously would it inevitably results in the removal of hair. I, when I pat my hair, I find hair on my hand. That was loose hair that was just on your head that was detached already and you've just removed it. That's not an issue. Okay? So like if food falls on your fur coat and like it dries. If, if, if only taking it out will result in removing part of that fur coat, then firstly you shouldn't be eating food in the fur coat. I know. But if that's the case, then that <laughs> would be... <laughs> then then removing that would remove fur, pieces of fur that would be... That would be what kind of food was falling on your fur coat? Well, first let's get me for a coat, and then okay. we'll worry about me. Well, send people after you. Okay. So, um, what about, so let's just, now that, now that we discussed comb, what about your own hair? What about combing your own hair? Are you allowed to brush or comb your own hair? No. Do you mind turning the AC back on? Just, oh, yeah. Is that okay? It's pretty cool. Open the windows? If that, open. Just turn let's turn the AC on. Just open. I'm sorry, yeah. if that's okay. We should all just bring Josie's to class. No, just go, it's, it's, you know. So, combing or brushing hair. So, um, what do you what do you tell in seminary? No. At all. Like you do, like light like, 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 what happens if you come to a mulach and you say, I don't want this mulach to happen. I want to do something. I don't want it to happen. For example, I want to brush my hair. Why well, do I want to brush my hair? Because I want my hair to be orderly. I don't want to take hair out of my scalp. I just want it to be orderly. This, that hair comes out of my skull was none of my intention. So that should be what we spoke about earlier on. That's considered to be mulachash and yitzruchalagufa. And we should say, okay, it's potter. There's an idea that says even if you don't have intention for that malacha, if it's inevitably if it's inevitably going to happen, it's still prohibited. Okay? Why? Because you cause the malacha to happen knowingly that it's going to happen. Case that like it's brought down in the case you drag a heavy bench across a grass yard. And you know that bench is for sure going to make a furrow, uh, 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 a ditch, when you slap it across. That's prohibited to do. I had no intention to ruin my grass. Who cares? You knew through your action you're going to incur a certain malach. Only if you, the, the, the light bulb's in the fridge. You open it up and the light bulb goes on. And you know the light bulb's I don't want the light bulb to go on. There's enough light outside. Who cares? Through your actual on the fridge, you're going to cause a light bulb to go on. Not allowed to do that. What happens if it's not inevitable, but there's a chance that it may happen? Let's go back to the case of schlepping a heavy thing across the yard. The thing is not for sure going to create a fire. It's heavy, but it's not very heavy. And it's very likely that it'll just schlep across nicely. Then we say if it's not miscarb and if you didn't have the kavana, you're allowed to do it. Okay? So if you can't remember if you left the light on in the fridge or not on Shabbos, 
No, because that good question. That's a whole. It's a, it's a very. It's a good question. If that's a similar case or not. The pastor says it's not a similar case because there, if you left the light in, it's for sure going to turn on. Yeah. You understand? That's it's called a psik ratio of shava. How how does the Gemara have that case? It's going to be fascinating. The Gemara has the case. You're not sure if there's a fly in the closet and you want to close the door of the closet. Are you trapping the fly inside? Close the door. You're not allowed to trap animals, right? So if the fly inside, you're trapping the animal. So if you close the door of the closet, then you're trapping the animal. If you're, but you're not sure if there's a fly in there if you're trapping it. Is that a psik ratio or not? Then a psik ratio shavah. It's machlok has had a pasquin. We're machmir. So it's not a similar case, but it's a good question. I like it. Our case is I know for sure what I'm doing and I know all the variables. I know that the, it's heavy. I'm not sure if through the outcome of my act it's going to create a mulacha or not. Then we should say as long we say as long as you didn't have intent for the mulacha to incur, you're allowed to do the act. So in our case, I want to brush my hair. Why? Because I want to have neat hair. I have no intention of taking hairs out of my skull. But if I'm going to take a brush and brush or a comb the way I normally do, it's inevitable that I'm going to be taking hairs out. So that would be forbidden. What happens if I brush in a way that it's not inevitable that hairs are going to be coming out and my intention is not to have hairs coming out? Then I would, yes, be allowed to brush my hair. It's a malachash enim iskaven and it's not a psikresha if you want to know the Hebrew terminology. So therefore the halacha has it that if I can brush my hair in a way that it is not for sure going to take out hair out of my skull ah, I might find hair on the brush again that's the loose hairs which were already just stuck in my hair but they were loose then I'll be allowed to brush my hair however if you brush my hair it's inevitable that it's going to get hair out I won't be allowed now this could depend on what kind of hair you have the person is very frizzy beards yeah, I, I have a very uh, stringy beard the person has a very thick beard it's almost impossible that he's going to brush his beard without having any hairs coming and so the hair also the same thing? Wait, I didn't know. So for my, for my brush, I just hold my hair and I brush like this. Oh, so that, that's hold very good. So that's very brush. good. Why? Because when you're holding the hair, you're holding the hair in place. So any pressure which is going on is being stopped by your hand yeah. and it's not going through to the hair on your scalp. That's for sure. That's for sure. <coughs> I'm saying on Shabbos, that's what I do, but I don't know what kind of brush to get. Like just Ah, if you do such a thing, you don't have to be so particular because we'll get there in a second if there's an idea to have a separate brush of or not but over there you're not applying any pressure to your hair which is attached to your skull you're only what, you're not right, you're not gonna yank any hair out of your skull you just the pressure's all going to your hand and that's it so there are three conditions that the police can bring down that one should fulfill all three conditions if they want to brush their hair on shabbos the first one is you have to have a soft brush so I mentioned that a soft bristle uh, brush and that is very simple if you have hard brush that means the bristles aren't going to bend right it's going to pull out the hair but if you have a very soft brush that means it, the, the, when there's the hair against the brush the brush will bend the second condition is it has to be gentle brushing why? because even if it's soft if you brush hard you can still rip out hairs and the brushing has to be at the top part of the hair because it can't go in the scalp 
So by a bit, I'll be allowed to brush the bottom part. But I won't be able to go to the to the to, to the to the scalp and brush, because again, that's more likely of ripping out hairs. And the third thing is, they say it's better to have a brush designated for Shabbos use, and that's a, for a separate idea of uvn dechel, which is things which are uh, common for 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 the weekday, and you and they can do it in a permissible way on Shabbos, but it looks like it's a common thing in the weekday, so it's good to have a separate brush for Shabbos. Okay, so just three conditions. Soft bristle brush, gentle brushing, have a brush designated for Shabbos. Why all these, well, except for the last one, why the first two conditions? Very simple. Because we're trying to achieve a state where it's not for sure going to pull out hair. If, after all, that a hair pulls out, no problem. Why? Because it wasn't inevitable that it should come out. If it's only a likelihood, now if it's very likely, we consider that to be the same uh, classification as, as inevitable. But as long as it's not very likely, I'm allowed to do it if that's not my kavana, if that's not my intent. So based on this ruling, we can understand in what way may a person brush his hair on chops. Do you guys brush their beards? So... You're asking on Shabbos or in general? In general. Yes. So you know, like some things are more lenient for women. In general, yes, people brush their beards. We want to, like, it's, it's important for us to look nice or whatever. So I'm just curious if men, like, have this issue. I'm people, saying, like, you, we can shave our legs on yeah, days like, that you can't shave because, well, right, so it's a problem that's right. Anyway, but men brush their beards. Yes. It's a very common thing. If you don't brush your beard. You don't brush. <laughs> no, there are. That's a real thing. If you don't brush your beard, you'll end up. Well, I have very small, strangly beards. I don't have to brush my beard. But if you don't brush your beard, if you have a thick beard, you'll end up with one big dreadlock on the beard. Yeah. Oh. That's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. You see, whatever. What's that? It happens. Sam, imagine you never brushed your hair. What would happen? Plus all the food that falls into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, if your hair is wet. Yeah. So let's say like you wash it right before Shabbos, and then Shabbos comes in. Are you allowed to brush it in any way? That could be an issue of schitter, of squeezing out. That's a different issue. Okay. Different issues of schitter. Over there, you know, a lot of squeeze. Even though there's really no schitter by hair, but since it looks like schitter, it's awesome. You know, a lot of that happens to us every. It happens to guy when you go to mikveh every Shabbos. You have to be careful. You know, a lot of pull. You know, a lot of push the dry your hair vigorously with the towel. You're allowed to place a towel in it, you're allowed to dry it vigorously with the towel. Yeah. That's a, for a separate issue. Okay, so, yeah, is everyone clear the, the methodology of brushing one's hair or beard? Again, you have a special Shabbos toothbrush, and it should be of rubber hairs if you can get. It. They sell them. They sell a Shabbos toothbrush. That's uh, because again, it's a risk of of uh, squeezing. It says the idea of when you put water in, it makes it look like it's squeezing out the water. You need so special toothpaste. You, yeah, you know, I use toothpaste. I use toothpaste. You have to do uh, dip it in a uh, what's it called mouthwash. Toothpaste is also because of Maria. Dip it in what? Mouthwash or something like that. We want a special toothbrush and mouthwash. And a special toothbrush for Shabbos because of the chayel. 
and 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 the best is these. Uh, because of what? They sell them. They go to Judaica stores. They sell, you know, the the, the Shabbos company. I don't know the the K K kosher maybe. When I say the Shabbos slap, like all these different things, there's a toothbrush, and the the the, the patent is that it's just uh, rubber hairs, so there's no problem of schita. The the rubber hairs and. Do the regular ones have like really squeeze though? Oh, so this, again, it's considered like hair that even though it does not like a sponge, but they're close they're close enough together that it can hold water within them, that when you press down on them, it has the appearance of schita. Mm-hmm. It's the same problem with hair. Yeah. So even if you have a separate toothbrush, that's not necessarily good enough. Correct. Yeah. Again, that, that, that's the most kosher way of doing it. I'm not telling you that there are other people that say differently. That's the most kosher way of doing it. But tooth, mm-hmm. toothpaste, you're not allowed. Toothpaste, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. I think they sell like, these liquid. Wait, what is the reason? So liquid. So, so if it's liquid, I, I think mouthwash is just... People just, and then people just put mouthwash on their toothbrushes on it too, or they put mouthwash in them in their mouth and is then that they what just brush it. Is it just mouthwash? What's that? Is the stuff in the triangle bottle just mouthwash? The Listerine also works. So that's what it is. So just buy a mouthwash. You don't need to buy. I was gonna like buy a bunch of it here since it's not gonna be in America. Buy a bunch of what? This kosher toothpaste. But if it's just mouthwash, yeah, it's just mouthwash. you're asking. You're asking several questions now, like if there's an idea to have kosher toothpaste or not, because I'm not swallowing it. That's what I thought we were talking. No, but we're talking about using Shabbos. toothpaste on toothbrushes on Shabbos. That's what I mean, yeah. Shabbos. Ah. Toothpaste on Shabbos. Yeah, that's... Mm. Okay, we're confusing this two ideas. Is using it on Shabbos? And then I thought you were referring to, uh, do you have to have kosher toothbrush, toothpaste? Oh, like a hexagon. Like, like, yeah, like, is there a idea to have kosher yeah. toothpaste? Which itself is, is an interesting question. We can discuss that later. Wait, why can't you can't squeeze out of the bottle? Toothpaste. No, the idea is once it's out of the bottle, of smearing it once you eat, it's gonna, you're going to be smearing it on your teeth somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. That's not a lot of good. Okay, but the, the, the stuff in the, in the bottle, in that, do you know what I'm talking about? The I think the green bottle, like a little nozzle, whatever, I think yeah. it's just mouthwash. Mm-hmm. I think it's mouthwash you dil- you, which you dilute it with water, so it comes out a little cheaper mm-hmm. than mine. But they're ripping you off. So you pay them to work, not they're ripping, ripping you off. off. You're allowed to in the right way. In the, li- in the right way. If you know that it for sure causes you to bleed, then you're not allowed to also. Someone asked that. If you know it for sure causes you to bleed, you're not allowed to, because that would be the psych ratio. But if it's only maybe I bleed, then you're allowed to, because you don't want, again, based on the same principles we just said now. Flossing is you're not allowed to. Flossing is almost inevitable you're going to bleed. Is it legal? It's almost inevitable you're going to bleed. But what if you don't? You know for sure that you don't bleed? If you floss often enough, usually it doesn't. What if you have a piece of popcorn kernel in your teeth <laughs> and then you floss? Or if you're not going all the way up also, like if you're just going... Between the teeth and you're not hitting the gums. Okay. Here, I don't know. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no. I don't know. Can you, can you write it down and get back to us? Because mm-hmm. I floss a lot in shops. And do you bleed? Mm-hmm. You never bleed? No, because I floss pretty regularly. Okay. I don't, I don't, blood, I don't bleed when I floss. Okay, so it's a very interesting scene. So you don't bleed ever. You have like you don't cut the floss obviously, you have the little pickup flosses. Mm-hmm. You rather get those things where you cut it before shabbos. Well you cut it before shabbos, right? Yeah, so if I cut it before shabbos. Yeah, you cut before shabbos. Why? Why would you not be allowed to floss? Because very often when you floss it causes your gums to bleed. Very little you know? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that you know that causes stuff to bleed on shabbos? Oh wow. 
So, don't use tooth. Don't use toothpaste. Use toothbrush. Use a mouthwash. And the best is if you buy a Shabbos brush. What's a Shabbos brush? It just has little rubber things instead of plastic and they're more spaced apart so you don't have the problem of schita. If you can't buy it, then it's not the end of the world. Again, I told you, this is the best way to do it. There are those which are more limited. You're in Israel, go to Judeco world, you buy it. They'll charge you a few more shekel for it because that's what they do because they can. Let's, let's get through because I have a few questions. Not a lot, but a few questions. Quickly. Um, what happens if you have a, a sticky object stuck to your skin and removing them will cause hair to come out? Mm. You can give me an example. Band-aid. 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 Say again. Waxing. Aha. On Shabbos, you're going to have waxing strips on you still. That would be interesting. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same. Occurring. Or some wax. <coughs> so that would, wax on your hands. that would be worse because over there, <laughs> the... The intent of the waxing strip is to rip out hair. That'd be a lot worse. No, I'm saying like a piece of wax, like if wax. Like a half dollar wax, you, well, yeah. not a dollar wax, but. It's it's not gonna, but it's not going to pull out your hair. Yeah, sure it would. It's not candle wax. Yeah, but when? To dry it on your skin, it, it might. Pour hot water on it just melt it. That's another issue. That'd be another issue. <laughs> anyway, so, so so let's just let's, let's just, just discuss. So, can you take it off on Shabbos? So it's problematic, right? Because they're going to remove the band-aid. If it's on a place where there's hair, it's going to remove hair. So, the best is, well, if you don't care to leave it on Shabbos, leave it on. If you care to leave it on, so try to put some oily oil, or something like that, <laughs> to uh, loosen up the adhesive, right? I don't know what else is oily, which is good. But to loosen up the adhesive, or to swatch it on the water, and then you can loosen it up, that it won't for sure take off hair. Again, we're looking for the not for sure, okay? You got that? We're looking for the not for sure. Because if it's for sure, then you're not allowed. If it's for sure not going to happen, then it's for sure good. If it's not for sure, as long as it's likely that it also won't happen, then it's good. That's not your kavana. Yes? I have a question that does not directly pertain to this. You can definitely ask, and I may or may not answer. Okay. So you can't take medicine on Chavez. Can you use a cough, a cough drop if you have a cold? Like, if it doesn't necessarily contain medicine, but it's just a cough drop to soothe your throat? It's a good question. It's not an easy answer. It depends a lot on do people take that normally or not. Is that a normal thing that healthy people would you take? You only take it when you have a cold. You only take it when you have a cold. Yeah. Uh-huh. So even though it's not like officially a medicine, a medicine but it's if someone takes it, then it's quite noticeable that they have a cough, they have a cold. Uh-huh. So that's not very good. But like ricola, people just eat. Oh, so ricola, people eat as a candy. What's ricola? So therefore, just because you're eating ricola, no one's like, oh, are you feeling okay? So that would be more prohib- that would be more permissible. It's more permissible if you're not sick. Say again? It's more permissible to eat it if you're not sick. If it's a thing that people normally eat when they're not sick. Yeah. Well, if you're not sick, it's more permissible because you're not under the gzera of a we're afraid you might come to do medication. But even if you are sick, if other people eat it because just they eat it, and it happens, let's say, let's say, let's say a tea with lemon. Yeah? Other people eat tea with lemon because it's kashmak. People like it. You want to have a tea with lemon because you want to hurt your throat. You don't have to hold back having a tea with lemon just because for you, you're doing it for medicinal purposes. Because no, it's a normal thing to do. Yeah. It's a very, now, how you can make a tooth on on Shabbos, I'm not going to discuss that anyway, but let's say you could, right? Like apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. Well, how you can make what? Tea with lemon. Oh. I'm going to say that the idea, in other words, because it's, it's not some medicine. Ah, you're for the medicine, uh, medicinal purposes involved isn't an issue. Well, tea 
It's complicated. It's complicated medicine. If it's something which is clearly a medicine, no, medicinal purposes, even though it's not officially classified oh, no, as a medicine, uh, classified as a medicine, it's not good. Yeah. If you're very sick, then again you're allowed it because in the place of very sick they didn't go there. Even not deathly sick. It's complicated. Allah has a far complicated. Like five different and for stages. kids, it's also different. Kids is a lot more makeup. Kids were way more makeup. But wait, why can't you make tea with lemon? If you just cut a slice of lemon and put hot water in it, that's an issue? No, you would, put, you would first have a little hot water and then put the lemon in. Yeah, you squeeze the lemon in? How are you allowed to squeeze the lemon in? You just put it in. These are all good questions. Okay, that's why I just don't want to get into, I just didn't okay. want to get into that. I just didn't want to into that topic. I just wanted to say a case where it's something for you to do medicinal purposes, but it's really also very healthy. Normal people do it. It's not medicine at all. So that would be better. Okay. Maybe next week I'll try it. I'm like taking honey to soothe your throat. I want to do a little bit on. So a Band-Aid. A Band-Aid. You, the best is try to put oil on to loosen it up. Uh, I wonder if you need to remove it because it's either causing you much discomfort and pain or because you're a lady that needs to go to the on Friday night or because you feel that from the tills you're dying you need to remove it even though not necessarily you need to remove it from the tills you're dying. But for whatever reason, you think that you need to remove it from the tills you're dying. So is there a way to get it off even though you know that it may uh, rip off part of your hair? So the answer would be in such a case, we would be lenient. Okay, why? Because over here, there's a zero, which means a lot of combination, combining factors to be lenient. It's the fact that it's not your intention. There's shinui. And it's Makalkal and Psikreshidle So with all these things together, which are complicated ideas in Shabbos, it would combine to make it a ladder in a case of need. Okay? So if there's no need, pressing need to take it off, and you can't take it off without removing hairs, leave it on. If there's a pressing need to take it off, try to get some oil or something or put it on the water to take it off. If you cannot do that, then there will be place to be lenient. Is the okay. the need we're saying it's a subjective lenient definition of need or No, it means that it's very disturbing. Okay. Yeah. Um again it's a combination of a bunch of different things, so don't try to extrapolate that elsewhere. Cutting nails and skin. Cutting nails is awesome. Why? Because it is the same idea as cutting something from a live animal. It's totally awesome. That's with a a a a a, a, a vessel, a utensil. With your teeth, we said it is, or with your fingers, it's rabbinically prohibited. Okay, prohibited, rabbinically. Loose skin, uh, like the like the what do you call the the cuticles, right? Pick that off. Prohibited. A dry wart or a dry uh, like a yabellus, uh, scab, something like that. Again, prohibited. It's all parts of you, which I know I take away. Um, now, getting back to your question, if your nail is already, it got cut off, not cut off, it, it, it's peeling off and it's very painful, what are you, is there anything you do about it? So if the majority of the nail is peeled off, then you're allowed to peel the rest off without a vessel, without a utensil, which means with your hands or with your teeth. Why? Because the, this is an interesting idea, so just accept it. A, a, a nail which is majority of the nail is off halacha views it as already being off okay so if the majority of the nail is detached we look like it's already detached therefore it's only rabbinically prohibited to remove the rest of it if it's painful for you then we'll allow you to remove it in a rabbinical way 
So again, this is the idea where it makes a difference to understand the workings of Allah if it's rabbinical or biblical. So here in a place of tsar, in a place of pain, they weren't geyser because it's a rabbinical way. So there's two rabbinics over here. There's the removing it with uh, your fingers or, or your teeth. And there's the fact that it's already considered to be off. And it's only rabbinical people to remove it. So those two factors together, when you're in pain, contribute to the fact to allow you to take it off. Psychological pain. I mean, like, I mean, the fact that it bothers you, does that, like, count? Because it looks ugly? Yeah, or, like, no. some people just get nervous. Like, if you have a, um, if you have a habit of biting your nails, it'll get you very nervous if there's, like, a bit of a nail. Well, like if it's psychological pain, it's going to lead it to be suicidal, then yes. <laughs> no, but, but it's, if it's just, like, annoying. very edgy. Like, you get... Like people who are anxious, people who have anxiety and they bite their nails. So if your anxiety is like a real medical issue and lead to yeah, very high levels people, of stress, like, it'd be maybe, very hard for people to hold back, right? Not because it's like, uh, you know. I have to, I have to find a good definition of what level of stress it's at. No, in other words, it's a true thing. If it's something which is totally, you're going to lose yourself entirely, and you're going to like, then maybe yeah. But if it's something like, okay, it's annoying. Okay, so be annoyed. It's a big deal. No one died from being annoyed. Okay, <laughs> so what? <laughs> so. Um, which means if it, the majority of it's not peeled off, you would not be allowed to take it off because it's biblically considered to be attached and therefore it's only one American you won't be allowed to take it off. Okay? So, does that answer that question? Cool. Um, I had a whole different topic which isn't so negative to most of you, but it will be negative. One it, 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 it's just good to know about it very quickly. These halachas sound funny, but when it comes to uh, a lady who needs to go to mikvah, which is what happens to most Jewish women, in the younger years, monthly. So it is very common, these questions, because you have to, one of the basic halachas before you get to is combing your hair very well and cutting your nails and uh, rubbing off all kinds of dry skin. And one of the most common questions that come up is that a lady has mikvah Friday night and she forgot to do this before Shabbos. Or she realized she forgot to cut one nail, or she realized she didn't brush her hair properly, or after she brushed her hair, it got messed up again. Uh, these are the most common questions that come up Friday night. And these halachas of Shabbos become very, very, very involved. And it's very good to always bear in mind that what's rabbinical, prohibited, get a go to do it or not. We can run through these halachas now, although I'll rather give you a few questions that I've done, try to answer it, and then we, if, we, if we're in the mood, we can just go over a few halachas. Because at least for most of you, they're not so negaya at this exact moment. Okay. And a few questions. Let's try to do it. Do you want to do it and we'll get back to it next week, or do you want to do it now? I don't like going over time. It's 9 o'clock. If you want to leave, leave. Should we do it now and try to get the answer? Or should I leave it to you and we'll do it next week? I'm out of mind doing it now. What? You want to do it next week? Anyone else? This is a quick majority. Who wants to do it now? I. I don't know. Who wants to do I it mean, next week? Just. Now, but I, don't <laughs> I prefer. <laughs> Anyone? Who wants to do it next week? One. Who wants to do it now? <laughs> I don't really want to vote. <laughs> I okay. could be paid <laughs> to join that exercise. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so look at the questions. Study them hard. So I think it's clearly oh, yeah. the majority. Once for next week. Yeah, yeah I'm just very What do you want? Only, no, 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 I'm looking because we're only one or two. That actually care. Okay. <laughs> In regard to the question of significance. Yeah. And we said how maybe half a nail, like one nail is considered significant half a nail isn't would it make it I, I, I wasn't I, I didn't give it you didn't give it answer, I know yeah, would so. it change whatever the answer is would yeah. it change based on if it's the first half versus the second 
as in like if I have a whole nail, mm-hmm. me peeling off half versus if I have a half a nail attached and half a nail. You're saying half a nail, if it's only half a nail left, peeling that half off is a lot more significant than peeling off the first half of an attached yeah. nail. Interesting. That's an interesting idea to think about. Okay. So next week, Be'ezrat Hashem, we will start off finishing these questions. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool? Cool. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Say again? No, well, why do you say that? A bayre. Ah, it's a bayre. In the bath. But then you wouldn't be able to clean your ears either. It's not, it's not considered taking that. No, it's not. It's not mixed. Take that, it has to be mixed. It's not considered to be mixed. Oh, yeah, because flossing is Yeah, it's not considered to be mixed. If I have dirt in my hands, I'm not allowed to wash it off. You're allowed. Bayer, the very first definition of bayer is it has to be a mixture. The most complicated part of bayer, just for you, stop the most complicated part of bayer when you're